Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Fast Talk. Street Talk. Mike Graham. Fighting the good fight with all his might. Providing a welcome dose of common sense for the common people. Solid Talk. Hot Talk. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. See it. Hear it. Think it. Talk Radio and Talk TV. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. The one place to be for the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. It's Wednesday already. We've reached the middle of the week. Liz Truss is still the Prime Minister. We're told she's been out jogging this morning in preparation for her appearance at Prime Minister's Questions, where Sir Keir Starmer surely uh, will lance the boil uh, once and for all and tell her that she should go. I mean, forget about Ian Blackford. Presumably he's going to ask for her to resign. Uh, Most people in the Tory party want Liz Truss to resign. Some people think that she's been given too hard of a time. And some people think that she should stay the course. And some people think that despite the fact that Jeremy Hunt is actually and properly installed as the de facto Prime Minister, she should retain power, she should not walk away, she should not cause an election, she should not cause any drama, and she shouldn't give in, basically, to the plotters who are all working against her inside her own party. Rishi Sunak has his hands all over it. Michael Gove has his hands all over it. Even those, as we heard yesterday, who support Boris Johnson have got their hands all over it. Is it time for the Tory party to behave like grown-ups and actually just let Liz Truss stay there and get on with whatever it is that she's doing. The reason I wonder about this is because there are so many people now calling for her to go. And you know how I react to stuff like that. I don't think that she's any good. I don't think that she should be in charge of this particular government. However, should she be actually forced out by a coup? That doesn't seem very democratic to me. Should we have a general election? I think maybe we should. I want to hear from you. 0344-499-1000. This morning, we hear that inflation has risen to 10.1%, up from 9.9% in August. So things are getting more expensive. The good news is that those Just Stop Oil bozos have come down from the bridge that they said they would stay on until the government changed their policy. Well, the government hasn't changed its policy, and these characters have come down off the bridge, which tells me that they don't really have the courage of their convictions. I'm very glad uh, that the bridge is now open for business once again. We're also going to talk about the NHS, the disgrace of the story this morning that a veteran was left for 26 hours on a trolley in a hospital because he couldn't be seen. This is a man who fought in the Second World War. This is a man who fought for all of us and all of our freedoms and they can't be bothered to even give the man any attention whatsoever in the course of 26 hours. What sort of an NHS have we got here? And don't tell me you blame the government. Don't tell me you blame Jeremy Hunt. Don't tell me you blame anybody in the Tory party. There are people in that hospital who should be ashamed of themselves. We'll be telling you who they are. We'll be telling you which hospital it is. How on earth do you let a man in his 90s who has fought in the war to save your skin lie there unattended, unapproached, unseen? 
for that length of time. It's an absolute and utter disgrace. The NHS should be ashamed of themselves and I'm going to be having a massive go at them this morning. And plus, what about our old people? Why are our old people always the ones who are on the receiving end of all of the bad news? We hear this morning the triple lock may disappear forever. Front page uh, of the Daily Mail, millions facing pain on pensions. The Telegraph, Trust may abandon the pensions triple lock. Well, that's fine for her. She's got plenty of money. She's got a nice house in Downing Street. Even if she doesn't have that house in Downing Street, she's got another nice house somewhere else. If you're a pensioner, you don't know whether to put the heating on in case you can't afford to pay for it. It's a disgrace, I tell you. Today, my campaign to protect the people of this country who matter, the people with a backbone, the people with pride, the old people of the generation that never gave up and never gave in and stayed silent because they thought that was the right thing to do. Those are the people we stand up for today. 0344 499 1000 is the number. Jamie Jenkins is here to talk us through the inflation figures and to tell us why Liz Truss is the most unpopular Prime Minister in the history of the world. This is Talk TV. Let's get it on. Welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. It's a very big day once again. We've got Prime Minister's questions coming up at midday in the company of Peter Cardwell. We'll be talking to Ryan Saby from The Sun in a little while to find out what the lie of the land is politically today. Because literally we are still in that period where anything could happen. Where if you told me that Liz Truss had just resigned, I wouldn't be surprised. If you told me that Liz Truss uh, had decided to, you know, uh, barricade herself in Downing Street and say that she was never coming out and she didn't fancy doing Prime Minister's questions, I'd believe that as well. Her popularity is probably at its lowest ebb of any prime minister that has ever walked the corridors of Whitehall. Jamie Jenkins is here. Uh, he is, of course, our favourite independent statistician, formerly uh, with the Office for National Statistics. Jamie, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. You said uh, Truss was out running this morning, preparing for prime minister's questions. Was she going to be running off halfway through? <laughs> she went black. Well, last I mean, it does. It did. It did occur to me when I was told this news that maybe she was just running and she wasn't actually jogging anywhere. She was just running <laughs> away because uh, it might not be uh, the job that she really thought it was. And I must admit, I mean, I know that we've got uh, some figures on the most unpopular people. Uh, in prime ministerial history. But let's have a look at this graph and see where she is. I mean, Liz Truss is sort of off the scale, is she not? All the way down to the bottom of the page. Even more unpopular than Boris Johnson was, than Theresa May was, than David Cameron, than Gordon Brown, Tony Blair. At their lowest ebbs, she beats all of them. She does, Mike. And, and for those listening on the radio, what approval ratings are, because the graphic up on the screen is you ask people if you kind of approve of the prime minister or you kind of disapprove of the prime minister. Mm. And then you take the, the kind of the difference between them. So Liz Truss coming in now with a big, big negative at the moment. And you're right. She's one of the worst approval ratings, if not the worst approval rating since the kind of YouGov have been doing their polling. And, and I think putting it into kind of context as well, Mike, is she's much lower now. She wasn't when she came in. She were much better than what Boris Johnson was at, at his lowest ebb, basically. So, so they kind of got rid of Boris, all that kind of bum fighting to get him out. She's coming in, and it's not like you had this renaissance of new person coming in, loads of approval, very, very kind of poor ratings when she came in, and then obviously the mini budget kicked in, and the lot, the, you know, the the dats of the last week, she's kind of tanked and tanked and tanked. So, basically, Mike, you, you, she's a sitting duck, there, isn't she? You you think if you're the chairman of a football club, you're looking at relegation. And you're just basically waiting. Do I sack the manager now or do we just hang on a few more weeks? Yes. The manager's going to have to be sacked, basically, Mike. She's, she's finished as far as the, the Tory party is concerned. And then YouGov have gone out and done some polling with the Tory party members that they've got in their kind of panel as well. And who's top of the list to replace her? 
Boris Johnson. I know. That's uh, the extraordinary Boris. sort of statistic of the week, really, isn't it? Well, yeah, and, and if you think, Mike, you know, in terms of the, the Tory party and its big mandate that they've got to govern at the moment, they, no, Boris Johnson is the guy who got that for him. So oh, stranger things have happened, Mike. Maybe the, the comeback of um, when he said hasta la vista, baby, maybe he is going to be coming back. <laughs> well, I must you know, say, Mike? I think I said at the time when he walked away from Downing Street that day after he made his little speech and all the staff were outside, out front of the uh, of the house, he didn't look like an unhappy man. He didn't look like a bloke who thought his career was over. He didn't look like he was finished at all. I mean, I favour the, the model which says that they hand over uh, to Labour, have a general election, Labour get in for a couple of years, make a complete dog's breakfast of it all, uh, because they'd be even worse. And then the Tories come in in a sort of emergency comeback election with Boris at the helm. That's not a stupid idea, actually, Mark. No, I know you've come out in the last uh, few days saying for the Labour Party to have a chance and you've come and live over in Wales and like you know what it's like living in Yeah, the, yeah, but, I, but, but people have misunderstood me. I haven't said give Labour a chance in order because I think Labour are good. I've said give them a chance because they're so awful, because I know how awful they are, as you say, because of what's happening in Wales. Yeah, and, and look, Mike, whatever happens in the next couple of years, this energy crisis, the cost of living crisis, the cost of lockdown crisis, you know, it's crisis, crisis, crisis. No party's going to come in. You know, Starmer's not going to, if he was elected tomorrow, he's going to have a magic wand to fix all of this. Nah. So there is some kind of, if you're looking at your political strategy in the Conservative Party, you know, you might think, well, actually, it's not a bad time to actually go and sit on the opposition benches. Doesn't look good for you overall, but the next two years isn't going to be good. So maybe you get the, the Labour Party and see if they can do a different job. You know, let's not say they can't. Let's put them in power. Maybe they could do that. But the Tory party aren't going to be doing a lot in the next couple of years because the, the books just aren't going to give them the cash to do that, Mike. Well, the problem with the Tory party right now is I don't think they know what they stand for. They don't know which particular version of Toryism they want to have. And they're all, all over the place trying to stab each other in the back so much that they've forgotten about the job they're supposed to do, which is to serve the people of this country uh, who elected them to do uh, uh, you know, a low public spending, low taxing, uh, government, neither of which things they're now doing, because let's look at the inflation figures that came out this morning, uh, up to 10.1%. Um, you'll be able to tell us what's driving it, you'll be able to tell us where it's going, but more important than that is people uh, who say to me, oh, why don't you leave Liz Truss alone, why don't you let her get on with the job? Well, because the creation of, of, of this inflationary spiral that she has done, as a result of all of the things that have happened in the past sort of month, has meant that you can't really risk it, because who knows where she'll go next? Well, no, and the thing is, Mike, you talk about a party, you know, a political party. That's normally a group of people coming together. They share common beliefs. But you've got a political party, as you've talked about the Tories now at the moment, where they had their mini budget a few weeks ago. They've then changed the Chancellor and kind of gone completely, not just a U-turn, complete kind of the other way. And this is the same party, mm. you know. So you, if you vote for the Tory party at the moment, nobody knows what you're voting for. And you talk, yeah, so inflation's 10.1%, Mike. Now, the, the key drivers of that is still all of these global factors. So it's mm. the energy costs that would be getting worse inflation over the coming months if the government hadn't stepped in to kind of put that limit in terms of what the, the energy rates are going to be going up. Mm. But obviously, we've got food going up, transport, going up, anything that is made with energy is affected, which is most of the things in the economy, Mike. And, and what's adding that additional woe now? So the IMF come out, you know, and this is they were very critical of the mini budget, the quasi car time came up with. And they were calling on making some U-turns and they said that the U-turns that Jeremy Hunt have come up with is a good move to control inflation. Well, it's not, Mike. It's because, you know, cutting the, the taxes or what the government was planning on doing is not going to fix the energy crisis mm. abroad. It's not going to fix kind of the food costs and things. The thing that we've got to keep an eye on, Mike, is the USA at the moment, because 
you can't divorce what happens with the US and what happens in the UK because interest rates are kind of driven globally as well. And what we've seen is the, the US Fed, we've got the biggest gap in interest rates now between them and the UK. They pushed them up quite a bit last month. We went up a little bit as well. And what happens is, Mike, if you don't put the UK interest rates up in line with where they are going in the US, then what happens is more and more people are buying the dollar, which makes the dollar stronger. So all the energy and the oil that we import becomes more expensive. Yeah. So I think you've been talking about petrol prices are starting to go back up now. So if the US push interest rates up further, we are going to have to follow. I don't think this is the right approach, Mike, to, to tackle this global inflation. But this is where we are. Mm. And, and so and it's being led. That, so, so we're being led. We've been led around by the nose, in a way, by the U.S. Federal Reserve, aren't we? Indeed, and, and so they'll put interest rates up again, Mike. We we will have to think the Bank of England governor, you know, the Bank of England governor was saying that interest rates will have to go up again. They will have to go up because we've got this biggest gap we've seen for a while now between us and the U.S. The U.S. go up again. Uh, we will go up. So the Labour Party, you know, you'll get them on your show, Mike, and they'll say. The, the interest rate rises are all down to Liz Trust's mini budget. That is a small part of it. We did see the markets get spooked a little bit about it. But a big chunk of this is the global markets and the US putting up interest rates. So the Labour Party can't blame all of this on Liz Trust. It's a fraction, but not mm. the biggest part of it. No, absolutely right. That doesn't, of course, help Liz Trust because she's got people coming for a right, left and centre. Joe says this. Good morning, Mike. The new branch of the Tory party, snakes and backstabbers and none, have shown again that having a prime minister is a complete waste of time. May as well just let the WE uh, the Bank of England and China run the country. Well, that's how you ended up with uh, Jeremy Hunt, I'm afraid. Uh, but we'll come back to Jamie Jenkins coming shortly. 0344 499 1000. Are we heading towards a worse recession now than we were? How long will it last? How will we get out of it? And when? All of those questions can be answered by us right here at Talk TV. More after this. Nationwide, by your side, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republican, Mike Graham, right here on Talk TV. We have, of course, got for you today Prime Minister's questions, uh, which Liz Truss will take alongside uh, Sir Keir Starmer. Uh, it should be quite a show. We'll be bringing it live to you from midday uh, with Peter Cardwell in attendance as well, of course. We're looking out at what looks like a pretty murky and grey environment outside. Uh, it's still rather unseasonably warm, however. Uh, this is from Alan, who says, I'm sick of this government now abolishing the triple lock. Um, uh, most pensioners have paid into this country all their lives. Well, this is the thing. I mean, most pensioners in this country have to put up with an awful lot you know they have to put up with the fact that people can come to this country uh, who are coming illegally and who are given more rights basically than the pensioners who live here have got we spoke to somebody yesterday who rang in and said i've got a good mind to go down to dover cover myself in um sand put on um a sort of dustbin bag a black bin liner and tell myself and sell myself off to the uh, nearest border force official uh, whereby i'll be taken to a nice hotel put into a nice warm room uh, where the temperature can be as high as you like because nobody's going to be giving you a bill for it you'll be given money you'll be given food you'll be given shelter uh, and you'll be absolutely happy as larry without having to pay a penny in any form whatsoever extraordinary isn't it what sort of a country have we become we'll be talking more about that coming up jamie jenkins is here independent statistician jamie you were saying that things are pretty bad in wales under labor uh, let's have a look at what happened in the senate yesterday mark drakeford looks as though he lost the plot slightly uh, when he was questioned over something to do with the nhs in his own constituency uh, what do people who work in the service and as i say they'll have heard the way that the members describe the service they provide this afternoon. What do they face? They, 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 let's, let's, he has chosen to use that language. 
this afternoon. He didn't. Yeah, yeah. And you have chosen to use that language here this afternoon. And what do those people face? They face cuts to their pay because of the policy of your government. And now, now they face cuts to the budget that the health service itself will have at its disposal. It is shocking. It is absolutely shocking to me that you think that you can turn up here this afternoon with a mess that your party has made to the budget of this country, to the reputation of this country around the world, that you promise those people that there will be more to come and you think you turn up here this afternoon and claim some sort of moral high ground? What sort of world do you belong in? Poor old Drakeford seems to be losing the plot rapido, doesn't he? What's going on, Jamie? Yeah, well, I think losing the plot, you have to have one to start with, Mike, because you, you, know, you can't lose it otherwise. But yeah, the, the question was from Andrew R.T. Davis, the, the Tory leader in, in, the, in the Senate of the Welsh Parliament. And he was just asking around, so what we've seen over the weekend, Mike, I think you've got some stories about kind of the NHS, but there was an ambul- a, a guy in Merthyr Tydfil, he had to wait over 15 hours for an ambulance. I noticed on the weekend that a footballer would kind of got hurt in a, in a game, you know, more of a local game, not a, you know, a big game, but they were waiting like five hours for an ambulance. He's mm. just asking questions, what's going to, what are you going to do to fix the ambulance yeah. service in Wales? And, and that was the response, basically. Yeah. So no scrutiny there. And, and he came back, obviously, with his quite angry argument. If he it sounded like he was, he was about to burst into tears. Well, yeah, and, and you know he's getting quite emotional. Some of the political commentators here in Wales have said that's the angriest they've ever seen him. He has got some legitimate reason to be angry, obviously, with regards to the way the the country's being run from Westminster, which will may have a trickle. Yeah, down but he's not he's not entitled places. to blame the Tories for the way that the NHS is run in Wales, which is run entirely separately. Exactly, Mike. And and the, if you think about the question was about what's happening now in the NHS in Wales, and what he was saying is that. The government in Westminster may, and they say the word may, this isn't, you know, actually proven that they, they may cut the budgets in the NHS in England because Jeremy Hunt's coming and that might have an impact on budgets in Wales in the future. Totally ignored the question. What is he doing in Wales? He hasn't asked, for, you know, he's, he's kind of ruled out and killed off a, a Welsh COVID inquiry. Even Nicola Sturgeon is going to have a specific inquiry in Scotland. There seems to be a lack of scrutiny in Wales. And then you talk about Labour coming in, perhaps Mike, in, in England. You know, you if you follow what we've got in Wales, you might have more of these 20 mile an hour zones everywhere, mm-hmm. cost of fortune in terms of signs. We don't build any new roads in Wales now much because of net zero targets. Yeah, this is where you're staring, you, you know, down if you actually go Labour, Mike. Absolutely right. But also, you know, talking of, of cutting the budget for the NHS, you know, the NHS is overburdened. There's a story this morning uh, in the Telegraph of all papers in which it says that they may face the NHS a £90 billion compensation bill uh, because of what went wrong in a maternity unit uh, in Kent, right? Ninety billion quid. I mean, that's practically a year's uh, funding for the NHS. But they've made so many blunders in this particular hospital that it may be that they have to pay all this money out to people because they're so useless. I'm sick to death of people telling me how great the NHS is. We've got a man lying on a trolley, a veteran of the Second World War, for 26 hours. You've just told me about this man waiting 15 hours. These stories are not occasional. They are every single day of every single week. And Michael, what we're seeing across the country are more people dying than what you'd expect for the time of year because the NHS 
can't kind of handle what it's got. And people, you know, they're always saying more and more money. And I, I quickly, I have, I have a look every now and again, Mike, at the NHS jobs just to see what they're up to. Again, yesterday, loads of diversity and inclusion jobs. There yeah. was one for a diversity and inclusion midwife lead. Nothing to do with delivering babies. This was organising events mm. with staff to talk about inclusion and what policies you're going to be coming up with. Yeah. You know, less of that, more frontline staff, Mike, because it's, you can't carry on as... Because, yeah, we, we've been on, Mike, and talked in the past about you know the the impacts and weights and stuff, but the figures are hard now. They are there every single week. The ONS update their figures. We see more and more deaths than what you'd expect for the time of year. You can't explain this by COVID. Predominantly around middle-aged people, heart issues is coming up as an issue. And is this a case of you phone for an ambulance, Mike? Some people might be waiting 15 hours and then getting seen, but some people aren't getting seen quick enough and they're dying. And that's the consequence of not just in Wales, Mike, this is in England, mm. this is in Scotland, it's, this is the UK National Health Service, and it does need sorting out. And where's Therese Coffey? I've not heard hardly any word from her since she started as the health No, care. I mean, she pops up every now and again, but all of the, the, the clips that you see and the quotes that she gives out seem to be completely sort of pointless and not particularly involved with the actual care of people and the National Health Service itself. But here's an interesting point, and as a statistician, you, you might know the answer to this. If it's true that they've got so few um, people working in the NHS and they've got so many vacancies, then surely there's a budget for that. So surely that budget is not currently being spent on those staff members if they haven't filled the, the quota of jobs that they're supposed to have. So where's that money going? Well, they blow a load of money, Mike, on kind of what you call these bank agency staff. So I've heard of stories. I've got a friend of mine who's, whose partner quit the NHS to go and work for an agency, to go back into the NHS and get paid loads more money for doing the exact same job. You know, maybe we need to ban, you know, ban the use of all of these agencies who are creaming money off the top. Obviously, there'll be slightly differences in terms of pension contributions, mm. which is why they pay them a little bit more. But it costs the NHS a fortune yeah. getting all these agencies. It's about that four money. times the rate, isn't it? Yeah, well, I don't know exactly what it is, but it costs a whole lot more money. Mm. If we stop that and get the staff, if the staff can't get employed by the NHS via these agencies, well, do you know what they have to do? They have to go and work for the NHS. Yeah. You know, we, we, it's a monopoly kind of use in terms of staff. Do that, save some money and get on with it. And no doubt uh, they'll be telling us, as they already have started telling us, that there's going to be a winter of discontent. I saw a story yesterday saying that they're going to start up using something called war rooms in the NHS. I mean, they love all this terminology, don't they? You know, to stave off the terrible winter that's coming. But, you know, it's the same every bleeding year. It is the same every year, Mike. Um, and it's going to be more or less the same. Two weeks ago, Mike, we were told... We were going to have this massive COVID wave. It's going to overrun the NHS. COVID in a kind of admissions loss was actually peaked at the moment. Mm. Hopefully that'll be the way forward. It's going to happen during the winter where more and more people mix. But anybody on your show, Mike, go on, Google it. You'll find loads of articles, 2019, 18, 17, 16, NHS in winter crisis. What has any party done in Wales, Scotland and England to fix it? Nothing. Mm. Nothing at all. Jamie, good to talk to you. Thanks very much indeed. Jamie Jenkins there with the rundown of everything that's going on, uh, including the inflation figures, of course, now up over 10%, including the NHS and the nightmare uh, of the people who run it. We'll be talking about that coming up. Also coming up, we'll be talking about the beer shortage. There's going to be one. They say, I'm not buying it. This is Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. Big day coming up. PMQs, of course. Prime Minister's questions at midday uh, in the company of Peter Cardwell, our political editor. Liz Truss takes on Sir Keir Starmer, as he likes to become known. Uh, let's see how it goes, shall we? Meanwhile, uh, Graham Brady, according to Dan Hodges, has said that he's received the uh, requisite number of letters to post a vote of no confidence in the Prime Minister, but he's apparently refusing to do that, saying that what he wants is at least 50% of the parliamentary party to put letters in, 
before anything like that gets triggered. Uh, that could happen at any point. But once again, we find ourselves in the old vortex of doom, trying to get rid of an elected prime minister, albeit only elected by the members of the Conservative Party, who all now wanted to go. It's all a bit confusing, isn't it? Harry Kirry has got nothing on the Conservative Party. I'll tell you that. Terry and Slough says this. We must be the only country in the world where asylum seekers and illegal immigrants get treated better than their own pensioners. They come illegally, get put up in a hotel, get three meals a day, don't have to pay any bills, while the British pensioners, some who worked all their life, will probably have to choose between heating and eating. In my opinion, both Labour and the Tories are absolutely useless. And this... From York, who said, how dare you, Liz Trust? So you're going to allow Hunt to cut pensioners' income by £471 a year. Meanwhile, economic boat migrants get four-star hotels, free cash, free NHS treatment, free housing. You know what you are? A disgrace. Well, that tells you how strong the feeling is, not only about the triple lock for pensioners in this country, but also for the fact that for so many years now... The Conservative Party and every single political subject in this country, every single politician, has refused to deal with this immigration, this illegal migrant problem on the south coast of this country. I've been telling you for years that this is going to be the biggest political storm of all time. And nobody listened. Now it's become huge and it needs to be dealt with. And if Liz Truss could stop these people coming she would win the next election hands down. It's as simple as that. But let's talk to Greg Mulholland, director of the Campaign for Pubs, because uh, we've got two problems to talk about, Greg. One, uh, there's going to be some kind of strike apparently soon, which could mean there won't be any beer for the World Cup, for pubs to be able to sell. Secondly, of course, um, we've got more rail strikes coming on the 5th, the 3rd and the 7th of November, all around Guy Fawkes weekend, bonfire night. There's plenty of places that have cancelled bonfire night because it's too expensive. Um, Let's find out with Greg whether this is really a crisis fit to be drunk to. Greg, a very good uh, morning to you. Welcome. Morning, Mike. Thank you. Thanks very Um, much for joining us. So we're told there's some kind of lorry driver strike looming. What's, What's it all about? Um, well, one of the, the big distribution companies are, are in dispute um, with their drivers who are complaining that they are cutting sick pay uh, as well as um, not giving a sufficient pay rise. So that dispute is ongoing and that will affect um, the beer supply to many pubs, particularly the, the larger pub company owned pub, the larger chain pubs. Yes. Important to say, uh, you know, our wonderful small independent brewers network of brewers and independent suppliers up and down the country won't be affected so free houses and pubs that can get to their local suppliers and use independents won't be affected which again shows um, in our opinion how much better it is when pubs are run by the people who own them and have the freedom to make the decisions to buy from wherever they want but it is it is worrying and on top of the the fact that the world cup you know let I mean, we can all have our own views on it. Um, my personal view, rather than the campaign, is that it should have been in the summer and it shouldn't be in Qatar. I think it's absolutely absurd. It's bonkers, isn't a, it? I mean, there's, there's nothing good about it. Let's put it that way. No, I, I, I think that's that, that's the case. Um, and from Pub's point of view, it will simply not have the same impact. You, clearly, uh, it will have an impact. We want to see people going to watch... Um, the, the, the World Cup, the football World Cup matches in the pubs. Indeed, at the moment, there's the Rugby League World Cup, and it's been good to see people in pubs um, uh, watching that. There's the mm. Rugby Union World Cup. You know, it's great to see people come out to watch uh, sport in pubs. So it's hugely important. But it will not bring in as much for pubs this winter as it would have done if we'd had the normal World Cup in the summer. Mm. 
um, which which is a real shame. And it also clashes, of course, that the the matches are you know November to December the eighteenth is when we're talking about the tournament. Yeah. Now. December is a hugely important period for pubs. Huge uh, proportion of, of turnover uh, by month is often for many pubs in December. So, you know, on the one hand, they're going to be dealing with their usual Christmas functions uh, with people, you know, going out and hopefully feeling able to spend a little bit more to celebrate the pre-Christmas period. Yeah. And yeah, that's going to clash with the World Cup. So there won't be the the same boost, I'm afraid, that if those two periods were separate. And I, and I haven't seen a, a rundown of the timetable of the games, but I'm assuming because they're about four hours ahead, um, they will be mostly sort of late afternoon games, won't they? Uh, I think that's right. I mean, I, th- I think some of them have been pushed back. I think the whole thing is is is, is very odd. Um, and I've no doubt that people will come out and watch those mm. matches. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the experts who predict these kind of things, who do the number crunching, say, it, you know, it won't bring in what a Summer World Cup would have done. And considering, you know, we've talked before about the huge impact of COVID, the estimate is that, you know, pubs lost out on average £40,000 um, from that period mm. in terms of income. We know many, many publicans are still in tens of thousands of pounds of debt from those lockdowns and those restrictions and the lack of trade. Mm. And now we have the equally, in fact, even more serious cost of living crisis. And yes, the government has done something. There's the there's the energy uh, measure. It's not an energy cap for businesses, important to say that, but it is discounted. But nonetheless, energy prices for businesses, for pubs, are still going up hugely. I spoke to um, one publican the other night and his bills were around 500 quid a month. They're now going to be around 2,000 a month. That's, unre- still... that's unreal, isn't it? I mean, people can't it, sustain that. No, it, it really isn't sustainable, Mike. It, it's just not affordable. I mm. mean, the, the, there was a story out yesterday, some pubs, uh, you know, where uh, an owner is able to do it, whether that's a freehold owner or a large company. They're actually mothballing some of the pubs through this winter mm. because... It will simply be impossible for some pubs to to turn a profit, and with those sorts of energy bills, we're, we're still talking. Even with the energy uh, relief measure in place, we're still talking about um, two, three hundred percent increases on energy bills compared to the last couple of mm-hmm. years. Uh, and when you also realise that there's a cost of living crisis that is making it really hard for ordinary people, ordinary punters. Mm to go out and spend money that they would like to spend because they're worried about heating, um, worried about eating. Um, it's it's a, a real uh, crisis on both perspectives, from consumers and from businesses. And our message to, you know, we have a new chancellor. You mentioned the new prime minister. We have a, a new chancellor who presumably will stay in place, uh, whatever happens, at least for a few months. He needs to act. Jeremy Hunt needs to act. He needs to listen to public mm. in his constituency and there needs to be some measures because although it was reversed, although it was U-turned, there wasn't actually anything in the mini-budget um, to to tackle the, the, the issues facing right. pubs. And we need like a VAT cut and, uh, and a reform to business rates. Well, I was going to say, an awful lot of people were calling for a VAT cut, particularly those in, in your profession and in hospitality in general. Um, it would be very nice to see the government actually responding to what people want as opposed to telling them what they're going to get. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm afraid, you know, it really was tone deaf. It's all very well having these these mantras and saying, you know, I'm going to be tax cutting. Mm. Well, ta- you know, cut the right taxes, yeah. cut consumer tax. If you cut VAT down to, we'd love to see it at 5%, mm. but 
And of course, countries, other countries around the world have done 5% hospitality, but certainly 10%. That would show a real, um, a, a real desire to, to, to prop up the hospitality mm. industry just through this difficult winter. We have so many wonderful pubs, restaurants, cafes yeah. that really they, they provide not, not, just, not just millions and millions to the economy, not just um, several million jobs, but also they are so much part of the colour mm. and the culture of our villages, our towns and our cities. And yet so far the government seems to have no interest yeah. um, in, in supporting them. So yes, a VAT cut would be great. They need to do something about the unfair business rates for pubs and finally get on reforming that that system. But they also need to accept that through government restrictions from COVID, with the debts people still have, that they simply can't afford to carry on paying those debts back, paying these um, escalating energy prices and continue to serve their communities. And if they don't act, then I'm afraid we will see even more closures in our villages, towns and cities. And surely that doesn't help anyone. No, I think you're absolutely right. Greg, good to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. Greg Mulholland, Director of the Campaign for Pubs. How about this from Robin? Mike, I'm 75 and I've had to get a part-time job to make ends meet. I'm in poor health and so is my wife, but it's all I can do to be able to afford to put the heating on. There's something very wrong with this country, ladies and gentlemen, and we need to save the traditions of this country for the people of this country. The pubs for a start, um, the pension triple lock, the older people of this country, the generation that fought for the for the younger generation of this country need protecting and they need helping. And this government needs to do it now. This is Talk TV. Edgy talk. Plain talk. Unrivaled talk. Mike Graham. The only radio show you can count on for a proper serving of good old-fashioned common sense. In search of the perfect debate. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. See it. Hear it. Think it. Talk radio and talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. This is the only place to be, ladies and gentlemen, because today uh, is a big day. We've got Prime Minister's questions coming up at midday. Uh, Peter Cardwell will be here in the studio with me as we analyse what is said, what is going on, how Liz Truss looks, how she sounds, uh, what she actually says, uh, whether she can hold the line for the Tory party, whether she can hold the line for her own job uh, when we've got 50% uh, of the public now thinking she should resign. There's certainly a majority of members of the Tory party who think she should go. Uh, We've got Jeremy Hunt sitting in as Chancellor. Uh, we've also got Suella Braverman sitting in as Home Secretary. Who even knows whether James Cleverly will stay as Foreign Secretary? It's an absolute... Uh, I can't even say the word, but you know what I want to say. Uh, it's just an ended show. Uh, but anyway, uh, we'll come up uh, with more on that later on in the, in the show. First of all, though, Ryan Sabie's going to be here. He'll talk to us about what we can expect from the Commons later on this afternoon. And indeed, whether Liz Truss actually is going to stay. Of course, she seems determined to. She keeps saying she's going to. Uh, she was out jogging this morning, apparently. Uh, but I have to say, I'm not sure that the pressures will not get so big for her to go that she will indeed go. We've heard already this hour uh, from Dan Hodges' tweet uh, that there is now a number of people, over 100, we believe, uh, who have written to Graham Bre- When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi. 
This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, who's the chairman of the 1922 committee asking uh, for a vote of no confidence in the Prime Minister. I don't think the Tories should do that. I think the best case scenario and I know Ryan probably won't agree with me on this uh, is that they just have a general election, lose to Labour, let Labour take over, let them mess it up for two years and then come back with a proper Conservative Party with proper Conservative values and proper Conservative policies. Adrian in Daventry uh, when we talk about the old age pension problem because we've got already uh, a story this morning in the Times of a 96 year old 95 year old man lying for 20 26 hours on a trolley in a hospital in Nottingham, not cared for, not looked after, not even seen. 26 hours over an entire day. And we've also got the triple lock in jeopardy as well. Uh, Adrian in Daventry says this, Mike, old people don't like to ask for anything. When we lost my mum, I was helping my dad sort the paperwork and I said, we'll contact the council and benefits office to see what, if anything, he was entitled to. He said, well, if I was entitled to anything, they'd have told us, wouldn't they? And that's exactly what I mean about the very, very proud uh, and very admirable um, generation of people who fought in the Second World War who are now being treated so disgracefully by this government and many other governments. Ryan Sabies here, Deputy Political Editor at The Sun. Ryan, very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. Thanks very much indeed for joining us. I mean, a big day for Liz Truss once again. I mean, there was speculation last night that she might not do Prime Minister's questions, but, but I understand that she will be there. Um, what are you expecting? I'm expecting her to, to, to come in and try and at least persuade some of those uh, those wavering MPs or those MPs who, uh, who who want to see her out. That she's just there to try and shore up her position and just see if she can get to this economic statement that's um, that's due on Halloween. I think she's just trying to buy time, then hoping that that something may turn up that actually um, changes around her fortunes. But it is looking desperate, and as everyone keeps saying, it's not a matter of uh, if. Um, she goes. It's, it's, it's a matter of when. So she's got to do everything to to make sure that the Tory party coalesce. I think the interesting thing today will be to see how the uh, the re- reaction she gets as she walks into this mm. chamber. It's always very very telling. And then to see if there's any um, gaps, any, any space on those green benches. Because the one thing that the Tory leaders and uh, all, you know the leader of the opposition they always like to see lots of their own MPs cheering cheering them along. And um, it's going to be very uh, it's going to be very telling to see if there are those gaps and uh, the cheers are a little bit muted but we'll, we'll let's see happy midday yes i mean she's been out and about hasn't she she's been tr- trying to persuade different groups of tory mps over the last few days um that she should be allowed to, to have a chance to stay and see out the course but the problem for her surely as well is that she's asking to stay the course but the course has been completely altered by jeremy hunt so she's not staying a course that she set she's staying stay, staying somebody else's course that's right. Effectively, 
she's a constitutional, you know, constitutional prime minister. She's there. She's Pino, as uh, as, as uh, George Osborne said the other day, prime minister in name only. Uh, Jeremy Hunt has come in. He's ripped up that economic plan that uh, her and Kwasi Kwarteng set out just a few weeks ago. It was only September. We're having a few problems there with Ryan's connection. Let's see if we can get a better one uh, with that going on because clearly uh, we need to hear precisely what he's got to say uh, because Ryan Sabi will tell us uh, what we can expect this afternoon. Liz Truss is going to try and convince people that she should stay in. I don't know how she's going to do that. I don't know if she's going to have any chance of making that work. Let's talk to Jim, uh, who's in the Wirral. Hi, Jim. Hi, Mike. You okay? Yeah, very well, sir. What can I do for you? A couple of points. The, The first one is that our NHS is no longer the NHS. It's the National Emergency Service. Yes. If you, if you have a heart attack or you suffer from a, a road accident, you'll be treated. Anything other than that, it's just a, a lottery. It really and is. We've, had, we've, had, we, we've just had uh, experience of it with my mother-in-law, who's nearly 90. Uh, she fell over and banged her head severely, uh, went into it, went into, into hospital. She, it took 24 hours before she was before she was actually seen to correctly. And it's just dreadful. It's absolutely dreadful. And I know. I, 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 I don't know how to fix it, but it needs fixing. And I'm sure it's not a question that there's not enough money. I'm it sure certainly is not money. that. It's I'm absolutely sure not that. It's so, they're so badly organised. You see groups of people in hospital walking around, talking to each other, laughing at each, with each other. And, and it's just, it's, it's annoying how, how, how it goes on. Anyway, the real reason I phone you, Mike, mm. Was I think my calculator? I think my calculator needs uh, adjusting because the, the movement in inflation in the last month was 002 percent. Now the last time I timed, I, I multiplied 002 percent by twelve. It came out at two point four. Yeah. The idea of inflation is that the last the last July or last September's figures drop off, and then in, in October, uh, last October's figures drop off. So at 2.4%, it's actually within the Bank of England's remit to keep inflation down to 2%. Mm. I think we've all, we're all sensationalising the news. And, and unfortunately, talk TV is, or talk radio and TV are, are, part, of the, are part of the problem. But don't you notice prices going up, though, in the end, well, I, do notice, I do notice prices going up. Because I do, I do and I don't normally prices. notice them. But I can tell you, things have started to get a lot more expensive. Everything has. I know they do, but at the end of the day, Mike, you've got to look at what the figures that these that these bean bean uh, counters give us. And if they say it's gone up by 0.2 percent in a month, how do, I can't argue against that because petrol prices have come down. Well, they've gone back up again this week, though. Well, yeah, 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 they've gone back up again. Yeah, petrol prices, are up, but they have come back down, which will affect everything. Now, inflation is is, a, is something that I don't think we should actually continue to bang on about 10 point we have had 10.1 inflation yeah but it's not good is it it's not a good thing and it's not a great thing it's a a terrible thing but it's not caused by i'm I'm so annoyed at the bank of england as well yeah because well they were planking a week last week raising raising interest rates what the earth can the the governor of the bank of england is probably earning three to four hundred thousand five hundred and fifty a year five hundred fifty thousand pound a year and what, what, what good is, is him saying, well, we, we'll, we'll, we'll knock up uh, interest rates? We, the interest rates have been too, too low for too long. They have. They probably have. 
but he should have been adjusting the interest He rate. should have been putting it up slowly but surely for the last at, three at years. Point, we'd, have, we'd have been at 2.2% or something yeah. like that. But also, you've got to remember, Jim, it sounds bad, 10%, and it is bad, but if you think about the actual pound in your pocket, if you go in to buy a packet of spaghetti that used to cost 50p, it now costs 55. You know, in the end, that's a big jump for an awful lot of people when you talk about, say, something that used to cost £100 and now £110, that kind of thing. But, you know, 10% is a bad figure. It needs to come down and the Bank of England need to sort themselves out and so do the uh, the, the government. But I've got to run, Jim, because we've got Ryan Saby back, I think, uh, with a better signal. Ryan, uh, sorry about that. Hi, Mike. Yes. No, I'm just saying, when you talk about inflation there, there's a, there's a big decision for the, the government coming up um, you look at the uh, obviously the uh, inflation rate at 10 percent, food prices going up 14 percent. There's a big argument over um, how much the, uh, the, the state pension goes up. Yes. By. It only goes up by earnings rather than inflation. That earnings rate is at around five, six percent. Mm. There's going to be a big gap there. And politically, it's a big, big problem for the, for the government. Well, it is because front pages this morning are all talking about the pensions and nightmare. Trust may abandon pensions, triple lock the mail, millions facing pain on pensions. Pensioners um, are very unhappy with this government and they're going to be even more unhappy if this is what happens, particularly if people on benefits get a rise uh, which is pegged which is pegged to earnings. No, nope, we've lost Ryan again. We'll try and get you back, Ryan. Um, Mike, you say that you would like an election so that Labour can get in and mess things up even more. Who do you think will pay for that mess? Us, the taxpayer. This is the politics of morons, a race to the bottom. You should know better, says Dan in Tunbridge. Well, Dan, um, I don't think it is a race to the bottom and I don't think it is the politics of moronic behaviour. What I think is happening here is that we are in the grip. If you look around the world, you look into Germany's situation, you know, they've got massive inflation in Germany. In France, they've got massive inflation, bigger than, worse than ours, right? What I'm saying is, is that there is pain, but the pain which we are being given currently could be reduced in some way if there was a change of direction. And there may well be uh, a change of direction if we get a different prime minister. There may well be. But the change of direction that has been practised this week because of Jeremy Hunt coming in as Chancellor and reversing everything that Liz Truss wanted to do, that change of direction is actually going to cost people more money, right? So that's not a good thing. So we need somebody to take hold of the economy who's going to make us have more money in our pockets, more money to spend. And the only way to get that is to cut taxes. Simple. Richard is in Coventry. Hello, Richard. Yes. Hello. Hello. What can I do for you, Richard? Um, I was just ringing in about the uh, Prime Minister and the new Chancellor. Yes. Now, when the Prime Minister was looking for to get uh, elected, she promised all these things, Mm. and it was her what told the Chancellor to do them. Yes. Then together, she sacked him for him to get the blame. Now, I am 86, my wife is 83. Mm. She has hill health. She has to have the gas sense leaking on. Yeah, because it's cold. Now, the Chancellor now is cutting back. Listers don't want to give the pensioners the cost of living wage. Right. Now, she lives in number 10. He lives, the Chancellor lives in number 11. Yeah. They won't cut their electric or gas down because they haven't got to pay for it. 
it's a taxpayer what pays for theirs. Yes. And they're treating the people like muck. They are. And it is about time Liz Trust gave up because she is not running the country now. It's the Chancellor is telling her what to do. Yeah. So he's leading the country, not her. She's just a little yes, yes, yes to yes. him. Do you think she should go, Richard? She should go, yes. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of them now are regretting getting rid of Boris. Yeah. Yeah. Would you see him would you like to see him back? I would like to see Boris back this afternoon. Okay. Well, listen, very well said, Richard. Richard wants Boris Johnson back, thinks Liz Truss is a puppet, wants her gone. That, I think, is a pervading view uh, in this country right now. We're going to have Prime Minister's questions coming up later with Liz Truss. We'll bring you all of that. This is Talk TV. Nationwide, by your side, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republican, Mike Graham, right here on Talk TV. Lots going on this morning, and including, of course, your calls. Many of you absolutely outraged by the treatment uh, of the 95-year-old veteran waiting 26 hours uh, on a trolley in a hospital corridor in Nottingham, purely and simply because the NHS couldn't be bothered to deal with him, for heaven's sake. Um, uh, Taunted says this, why can't the government declare the likes of Extinction Rebellion, Just Stop Oil and those milk-pouring Egypts, etc., as terrorists? Instant arrest under the terrorism laws, that will get rid of them. Uh, Cooperman has sent me a nice video of a wind farm just south of Bridlington, which is not being used today, despite the fact that it's very windy. Tell me again, he says, how the massive expansion of these will benefit the UK. That's what Labour, the SNP, the Lib Dems and the Con Socialists want. When the power cuts happen, my gas fire will keep me warm and becky says this don't tell me about our wonderful nhs when this routinely happens she's talking about the man uh, left in the corridor it doesn't need more pounds it needs a complete overhaul and a rethink starting by removing its hallowed status uk is 16th out of 35 euro countries on the quality of healthcare, and yet third out of 27 on healthcare expenditure as part of gdp uh, and here's one from Phil who says, I've been waiting 18 months for an eye appointment at Moorfields. I'm going to have to reschedule now because it falls on rail strike day. Well, that's great, isn't it? We'll be talking to Simon Calder about that. And how about this from Jill? I live in Wales. My 91-year-old dad was having a suspected heart attack. I rang an ambulance and was told a five to eight hour wait. Shocking. Drakeford uh, is driving us bonkers uh, and the ambulance service is ageism. Luckily, we managed to get him in the car to the hospital three minutes away. Uh, Bat says this, the stories are appalling and so many of them. My late mother who had dementia was in for a transfusion and the staff forgot she was there and didn't bring her a meal. A nurse rushed to the kitchen when we complained and brought dried up naked beans, uh, baked beans I presume you mean, and a yoghurt. We ditched the beans. And Miss Vivian says, got to be honest, Mike, I'm really beginning to dislike the police intensely. That's after I put out uh, the Talk TV tweet about the police uh, with Just Stop Oil today. They've blocked the Cromwell Road, which is in West London, uh, over towards the um, Hammersmith Roundabout. And here, the police are just looking to them, kneeling in front of them, talking to them. I mean, I don't know what the hell they're doing. Unbelievable. Let's talk to Stuart, who's in London. Hi, Stuart. Good morning, Mike. Morning. Glad to talk to you as usual. Indeed. What can I do for you? Um, a couple of points. Um, one, the triple lock and the old age pensions. Yes. As you know, the Tories' uh, biggest supporters are people from 50 upwards. Right. And 50, you're not far from your pension. Yeah. 
if they stab us in the back again with the triple lock, they can kiss goodbye to the next election. Yeah, absolutely right. And I think they could kiss goodbye to ever getting in again. Uh, we've got both people flooding in a thousand. Yeah. God knows how many a day. Mm. We've got what's going on with this people who stabbed and murdered all over the country. Mm. We've got this lot, this what these unwashed mob blocking all the roads. Yeah. And they, why don't they just bring them around tea and cakes and sandwiches? I know. It's becoming a joke. What are the police doing? The commissioner, police, new commissioner, you're not worth two bob, mate. Get rid of him. I know. You're absolutely right. Listen. Stuart, I feel your anger. It's coming through the airwaves. I'm absolutely sure that Stuart speaks for everyone in this country who has got um, a pension coming to them, uh, who has worked hard all their lives, who is sick to death of the police in this country who don't do their jobs, of the NHS in this country who don't do their jobs, of the politicians of this country who don't do their jobs. I'm getting sick to death of it as well. What is wrong with this country? Jenny is in Bradford. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? Um, I I just... uh echo the same thing as, as the man said before, but what's really getting my goat is that, as you say, the migrants are coming over here, they're not illegals, the majority are not illegals, they're being put up. It's because we've too many people in this country that there's no money about. Yeah. And all these people who say, I'm disabled, I'm in a wheelchair, get a job at home where you can ring people. Yes. There's a lot of telephone jobs, there's a lot of jobs at home where you can take orders for Morrison, etc. Yes. So there's no excuse if you're in a wheelchair. No. Unless you can't actually speak and you're in a wheelchair, fair right. enough. But the, the fact is that every hotel is full of these people. Yeah. And I'm sick to death of people saying, oh, they're all come from war-torn countries. No, they don't. No, they've all come from Calais. Exactly, yeah. You know, I mean, it's not that nice, but it's not terrible. And back to Calais and said, if you come over again, we won't just send you back, we'll put you in jail. I know. Absolutely right. You couldn't. I could not agree more. So much sense being spoken this morning uh, on this show because this is what people have come to. This is what it's come to. Uh, people are angry. People are fed up. People are cheesed off, for want of a better word, and they've had enough. They're sick of it. And all these idiots in Parliament running about trying to stab each other in the back. Get on with your jobs, for heaven's sake. Now, on a lighter note, have you ever looked at your dog and wondered what he's thinking? I've got a dog. He's called Ziggy, right? Now, I'm going to see a picture of him in a minute. Look at that. Now, what do you think he's thinking? He's looking at me there. According to a new study in Kyoto University, He's judging me. He's looking at me going, I'm not sure about you. I don't know. I don't know whether you're going to give me food. Or I don't know whether you're going to forget to give me food. Are you going to go out? If you're going out, how long are you going out for? Are you going to come back? What are you doing? According to the researchers, right, an experiment was done on dogs to see whether they thought a competent person was someone who could open a food container and an incompetent one was one who couldn't. And they've worked out, actually, the study lead author is a guy called Hitomi Chiujua of Kyoto University in Japan. Our findings show that dogs, especially female dogs, are able to identify human competence, which can influence their behaviour, particularly when food is involved. So that basically means that if you're having trouble opening the dog food, if you're having trouble organising the bowl or making sure that you feed your dog on time, he might be looking at you. Let's have another look at the way he looks. He might be looking at you and going, he might be saying, you're a bit of an idiot, aren't you? You're a bit of a plank. You can't get the food open for me. Maybe I should just open it myself. In fact, maybe I'll just eat your food. I came home one day with a couple of Scotch eggs from Borough Market, prized, very expensive. 
for some reason I had to go back out to the car. When I came back in, he was nose deep in my bag. Both scotch eggs. Done. Gone. I think he'd eaten one of the paper bags they were in as well. So at that point, he probably went, yeah, this, this guy is incompetent. He's left the scotch eggs for me. I'm just going to eat them. I can't help it. I'm a dog. Amazing. Anyway, uh, let's talk to Phil, who's in London. Hello, Phil. Hello. The people in charge, really in charge. And by the way, this is Hunt, not, not Trust. He's yeah. spent all week telling us the house. He hasn't got any power. This is Hunt, the yeah. globalist. Yeah. They're in this country like it's Amazon. Old people have been treated the way they're treated because they're seen as useless. They're just, they're just a drain. Yeah. The only thing they're good for is handing over what few pennies they've got left when they die via inheritance tax. Yeah. And they're treated accordingly. It's disgraceful. It really is. People are getting pretty angry about it as well. And I don't blame you, Phil. Thanks very much indeed. This is not good, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, I don't like getting angry. I don't like being angry. I don't like having to shout at people. But I'm afraid that is what we're getting to. You know, these... Bozos who sit on the road to try and hold up the traffic, climbing up bridges, you know, they're so, you know, moral. They're so sure of their cause that they came down again after a day and a half because it was a bit windy. These were people who were going to stay there for all time. We'll be here forever. As long as it takes, we'll stay here. As long as it takes for the government to change their policy. Oh, actually, can we come down now? Absolute bozos. This is Talk TV. Let's get some news. On the app, on your mobile, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Early morning talk. Talk Radio. Get the max factor. Talk Radio. James Max. Commitment. Conversation. Common sense. James Max. Where are the reforms on business rates that are so desperately required? Fast-talking, number-crunching radio. Access all arguments. James Max. We've got to grow the economy if we want to afford to be able to do the things that we want to do. James Max. Early breakfast. Weekday mornings from 5. On Talk Radio and Talk TV. This is Talk TV News. Good morning, I'm Emily Rose Adams. Liz Truss will face off against Sakia Starmer in half an hour in her first Prime Minister's question since the Chancellor reversed almost all of her tax cuts. It's as a new Ipsos poll this morning suggests that over 50% of the public thinks she should resign as leader, with only 20% opposed to the idea. And the government is reportedly set to introduce spending cuts greater than the previous era of austerity. Well, Labour's Shadow Foreign Secretary Lisa Nandy has told us that her party wouldn't make the most vulnerable foot the bill. We also believe that those with the broadest shoulders should bear the greatest burden. It's clear that there's going to be economic pain, but we see no reason why that should fall on working people at a time when you've got the chief executive of Shell saying tax the big oil and gas producers more. We believe that's a much fairer way to proceed, and that's the basis on which we're going to govern. Meanwhile, the Chancellor has vowed to give support to the most vulnerable as the UK cost of living has surged back to the 40-year high first seen in July. Inflation figures for September stand at 10.1%, up from 9.9% in August, with soaring food costs driving the rise. But Jeremy Hunt said he would prioritise helping those in need and says he's focused on delivering wider economic stability. 
Manchester United striker Mason Greenwood has been granted bail after a private hearing at a Crown Court in Manchester. The 21-year-old is charged with attempted rape, assault and controlling and coercive behaviour and is due in court again in just over a month. And Russia has begun to evacuate tens of thousands of civilians from Ukraine's southern Kherson region. It was the first major city to fall under Russian control in the invasion and the Kremlin claims it's now part of the country. The Ukrainian military recently recaptured large areas of territory in the south. That's all for now. We'll have more in half an hour. On DAB Plus, on the app, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Microme. I almost said the original and genuine Independent Republic of Microme, as if anybody could try and copy it. People have tried, of course, but they can't, because they've got me. If they don't have me, they can't do the Independent Republican Mike Graham. Anyway, uh, we've got lots going on. Uh, we have got at 12 o'clock for your delectation, uh, Her Majesty's uh, Prime Minister, His Majesty's Prime Minister, I should say, uh, Ms Liz Truss, for the moment. Uh, apparently she's going to take on Keir Starmer in Prime Minister's Questions. Uh, he's going to ask her a load of questions. She's not going to answer them. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of shouting. That's normally how it works. Uh, let's talk now, though, uh, to a man who knows a thing or two about what's going on out there in the big wide world of the travel business, because believe it or not, and this has come sort of slightly under the radar, right? The Trades Union Congress, the TUC, as it used to be known, um, had their big um, jamboree, their big get together, their big conference, because it got cancelled, I think, due to the fact that it was supposed to be held in the same week as the Queen passing away. So they had to postpone it. So they were down in Brighton. Yesterday, I think, as recently as yesterday. And guess what? Um, they've announced that there's going to be a winter of discontent. There's going to be strikes all over the place. It's going to be an absolute nightmare. And chief, of course, of all of the strikings uh, will be the RMT. And they have called, uh, amongst other things, for strikes on three days all around Guy Fawkes weekend. So the 3rd of November, the 5th of November and the 7th of November. So there's a new uh, mantra now. Remember, remember the 5th of November. I have to say it properly. Remember, remember the 5th of November, gunpowder, treason and strikes. Simon Calder, very good morning to you. Uh, yeah, Mike, um, I'm here at St Pancras International Station. Of course, this is the hub for Eurostar going to Paris, Brussels, Amsterdam. The East Midlands Railway, they will be taking you to Leicester, Derby, Nottingham, Sheffield, Thameslink, anywhere you want to go, really, and southeastern to Dover, Folkestone and Canterbury. Except they won't be doing very much of that, exactly as you say, on the 3rd, on the 5th, on the 7th of November. Um, and indeed, there's going to be an impact on the following day. So that's on the 4th, on the uh, 6th and on the 8th, because uh, the strike, crucially this time, is purely network rail staff. Those are the signalers who uh, keep us all safe. And if they decide they're not going to show up, well, management can come in, uh, non-union staff can come in, people indeed who have decided, actually, I can't really afford to go for 11 days of strike action at, uh, uh, at Network Rail, and they might be working. But generally, the outlook is going to be absolutely awful. And um, that's just the uh, Network Rail strike. We've got other strikes on Avanti West Coast starting this Saturday, also on November the 6th. And on top of that, uh, don't forget Scott Rail a week on Saturday. That's the 29th of October. Just actually been listening to Anne-Marie Trevelyan, the Transport Secretary, oh, yeah. in the uh, Transport sec uh, talking to the Transport Select Committee 
She said we have to find a landing zone. She was making veiled threats about minimum service levels. But of course, the laws do allow that, um, which is where they basically just say, right, you've got to run 40 percent of trains won't be coming in. Meanwhile, Mike, you and your lovely listeners are thinking, um, well, what are we going to do in terms of um, uh, traveling around? There will be, I think, a relatively decent service between about half past seven and about half past six on about half the network. If you're going on an intercity train to and from London, around the big cities, London, Birmingham, Leeds, Manchester, Glasgow, Edinburgh, you'll probably be all right during the hours of daylight. Apart from that, it's going to be pretty grim. What have they got against Bonfire Weekend, though? Why is it Bonfire Weekend they're going for? Uh, Because they want to cause the absolute maximum distress and wreckage of people's travel plans that they can. And that's why they're going for weekends, because crucially, um, so interesting, see the uh, figures on um, Southwestern Railway. They say, actually, commuters have kind of given up. We're down to almost 50 percent of what it used to be Mm. in terms of um, people commuting. We have to come up with them. some way of encouraging more people to travel they are traveling much more at the weekends and that's exactly where the rail unions are trying to um, hit people um, in order to uh, cause as much disruption and of course you know it's the main day for football fans to be traveling the length and breadth of britain and um, if you can stop them traveling then you're making your point as a union the rmt which is called these strikes says it has overwhelming public support mike and I know that they can count on your support as well. Yeah, they absolutely cannot, uh, quite frankly. And I can also tell them that they're telling a lot of old lies about uh, the football supporters because my good friend Kevin O'Sullivan, who frequents Craven Cottage at Fulham, uh, he said that when they played Newcastle on a strike day, uh, all of the Newcastle fans managed to get down on the, uh, for the game. So that it was packed out in the Newcastle end, who must have come down the night before. But it was the Fulham fans who couldn't be bothered coming in from Surrey. Exactly right. Yes. Um, but uh, uh, there we are. I mean, it's a, a terribly distressing situation for an awful lot of people, of course, having to get to work, having to get to hospital appointments, going to see loved ones. Yeah. Um, on, on the Thursday and the Monday strike, of course, lots of people getting to schools and to colleges. Um, but that's what the rail unions are doing. They say the government is absolutely behind the fact that they can't get a decent pay rise. And what they particularly said in this strike uh, it, it, they said Network Rail has been duplicitous. They've gone behind their backs. They've gone and talked directly to, to um, their staff. And we're not going to stand for that. So this is getting more and more mm. bad tempered by the day. And it's the poor old passengers stuck in the middle. Worst situation since the 1980s. And I'm not seeing any sign of it changing. And Marie Trevelyan, Transport Secretary, said, yeah, well, there's a landing zone. We'll get there, but um, not, you know, not for a while. Yes. Which is extraordinarily dispiriting for anybody who's trying to plan their trips um, before the end of the year. Well, exactly right, because because I'm told by people there are still some certain services. I think Avanti is one of the worst, where you still you can't actually book a seat. And when you try to book a seat, it just tells you it's sold out, and you have to kind of take potluck and just turn up and hope that they'll let you on the train. Uh, yes. Well, in fact, we do have a railway, Mike, where generally if you physically can squeeze onto a train and you don't mind standing up all the way from mm. uh, Manchester to London, then you are entitled to travel. And, um, and a lot of people are looking at the um, uh, train company web websites and apps and say it says it's sold out. There is no room. Yeah. That's not correct. You can always. I mean, I was traveling down. So can you insist from- then? Can you insist on getting on the train? If there's physically room for you, if it is safe for you to be on that train, 
even though you will be standing yeah. up all the way from Manchester, you can. I mean, coming down from Newcastle a couple of weekends ago, um, it said everywhere, full up, full up, sold out. Um, absolutely not. I just bought a standard one-way off-peak ticket, stood, got on board, and actually, guess what? Loads of people hadn't showed up, mm. uh, possibly Fulham supporters, and um, uh, there was lots of uh, lots of room for well, them. Well, I'm going to shock. I'm going to shock you now, Simon, because I'm actually taking a train this weekend for the first time in a long time. Uh, so I'll be able to report back firsthand what the service was like. I'm not going to tell you where I'm going for fear that hordes of people will follow me. Um, but I'm heading west. Let's put it that way. Okay. Anything? Uh, to, have I got anything right. to worry about this weekend by way of? Uh, uh, I got, no. Well, I mean, just suppose you were travelling on GWR from London Paddington. Um, no, you wouldn't have um, any 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 need to worry apart from the usual stuff that goes wrong, business as usual on the railways. But I'm sure you'll have a lovely journey. Um, just since you last travelled, Mike, they've scrapped third class. Okay, have they? it's now only first and standard. No, I wondered. I thought it got up a bit. For heaven's sake, that's an absolute <laughs> shocker. I'm also. Well, it used to be the case you could upgrade uh, for quite a lo- small amount of money uh, on uh, on weekends. Is that right, still? Ah, well, that all depends. It's a little bit trickier. Some of the, some of the companies do. Um, Avanti West Coast, you've got something called um, yeah, Standard Premier. Yeah, I'm not going on that. I'm not, I'm not using that. A big, you, you've got a big seat, uh, but you haven't got any free crisps. Um, the trouble is, <laughs> uh, weekends, you, you, you generally don't get the same catering offering. So, um, uh, no, you, you should try Standard Class. I remember once, yeah, I bike. came back. I kept, No, I, I normally do Standard Class. I wouldn't buy, I wouldn't pay for a first-class ticket. It's too expensive. But I came back from Glasgow to London once, and I got upgraded into first, but they didn't have, as you say, any kind of trolley service. So we just basically drank the uh, the, the, the ordinary-class bar dry. Um, yes. Well, look, um, the, the, the offering does vary from one class to another, but I'm sure... That now, because uh, I, I know that lots of uh, rail staff watch talk TV. Yeah, they will be preparing the red carpet as we speak Indeed. and rolling it out. Yes, for, for Mike Graham's return to the rail. I must admit, I don't know if I've ever told you this. When I used to live in the West Country, I used to come up from Pusey on a Monday morning, uh, which was a nice little spot, and I used to sit in the first-class breakfast carriage, even though I had a second-class ticket. And as long as you were eating breakfast, you could stay there. So me and my friend, who was the news editor of the Express, we used to just sit there and have continual cups of tea and toast all the way to London. It was great. Fantastic. Brilliant. And, and, and was, was your butler there as well or did he travel separately? No, he doesn't travel with me because obviously we can't be seen at the same time. No, that's oh, that's not right. Yeah. Yeah. These are these are disgraceful myths that you're spreading about me, Simon. Thank you very much indeed. I hope you have a good weekend. Simon Calder reporting in from St Pancras Station where you can go to very many places from as long as they're not on strike. This is Talk TV. On the app, on your smart speaker, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Talk radio across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB, online, or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 